welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Michael Rand and eventually Ben Gessling to answer your questions on this Friday mailbag edition before the Vikings play the Chiefs, play host to maybe Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe the news is already out by this Friday. We're obviously recording it before Friday, um, but we will have to find out. Um, Mike, we got a lot of questions here and, and one of them revolves around starlets that we're, we're going to probably stay away no. from. <laughs> no comment. All right. You were excited about this one. Skull Page wants to know, what is your bold prediction for the future of this team? He asks, QB of the future, big trades, what have you. What, what direction do you want to take that question? I mean, it, it feels like everything is trending at this point, and this is not really bold, but it just feels like the way that this season is going that the the most logical outcome is that there's a different quarterback here next year. I just I don't see how you look at the way this year started, and again, a lot can happen. There's 13 games left this season. This could get better um, before it you know before too long here, but. You know, you just look at the upcoming schedule. You look at what they've got. It just—it seems like they are trending towards a change at quarterback. And there's a lot of good quarterbacks potentially available in the first round of the 2024 draft. One of them will be playing here Saturday for Michigan against the Gophers, JJ McCarthy. Um, we could officially start the JJ to JJ um, rumors. <laughs> Right now, but he, you know, the, he's not like your Caleb Williams type where you're going to have to have the first overall pick to get him. He's kind of more of a wherever he is right now in some mock drafts, kind of anywhere between like 5 and 20. Like that's kind of the Vikings could be anywhere between 5 and 20, let's be honest, at this point. So it feels like there's enough. I don't know if they like enough of those guys, but it feels like there's enough quarterbacks available more so than last year to make you think – they will be able to get someone they want. And so it feels like they're going to head that way. Maybe they sign kind of a, a more established backup so they don't have to play that guy right away. But this feels like it's heading more towards rebuild than competitive at this point. Yeah, especially if, I think if you take the four games Kirk has played and you put it just you know from what we've seen and extrapolated throughout the year, I don't know how he's played great at moments, right? But then in Carolina, the one they win – ironically is, is the one where I thought he played his worst game of the year and some of the decisions he made and just uh, misfires overthrows stuff like that and I just don't think he's proven anything differently I think Quasey said at the beginning of the year Kirk doesn't have to prove anything to me or to us um, well I don't think his play has transcended to some level at this point at age 34 I think 30, he is. yeah 35 soon 35. I don't know if he's that, 35 yet but that I just don't know how uh, I don't. I don't foresee the trajectory changing at this point, unless he also is getting into MVP MVP conversations that we're talking about. I I agree. Like, in, it, you've already had what presumably were the best years of Kirk Cousins, right? You already you've already presumably had the best years of Kirk Cousins, right? Like, you've had his. He got here. He was like thirty. You had his age 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. Now you're having his age thirty five season. What what makes you think that a he's going to change or b that he would be any better at 36 37 38 i know that he's you know got this you know workout program anti-aging guru like guys quarterbacks do play well into that late stage of their career but i just i just don't imagine him getting better 
at this stage of his career. So if, if you've what you've seen so far is you know a guy who's probably the tenth or twelfth best quarterback in the league. Sign sign yourself up for more or a little bit less than that. I don't think so. I'm just jumping in here. Are we uh, voting Kirk off the island? I was, was going to ask you. Yeah, the 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 crux of the discussion that the the question was about predicting the future, right? And the crux of what we were discussing is oh. have the first four games well, of Kirk, right? Just shake your crystal ball yeah. and see what comes out. That's on. That's usually on Collar's podcast. That shake your crystal ball. <laughs> uh, have the first four games of Kirk changed what you thought of where this could be headed between him and the Vikings uh, in terms of the, the grander outlook? Not really. I mean, he's, I think, has done about what you'd expect. I mean, he's had some games. I mean, certainly has had some games where they've been awfully productive, but, you know, there's still some of the turnovers and, and some of the things that you see happen where, you know, like the pick last week was was not a great decision. Now, I think it depends somewhat on what you can get uh, after this season and, and where you're picking. I think some of those things play into the decision because I, I've we've talked about it, but I continue to think if they're going to draft a quarterback, they are not going to take one that they don't feel is going to be the guy. They're not going to just be like, well, we need a quarterback. This guy is good enough. Let's – Let's take somebody at eighteen. So they, they value a, a they value a ceiling. I think they very much value a ceiling um, because if you don't take somebody with a ceiling, what's the best case scenario that the, they become Kirk Cousins? Yeah, really. And if you are going to take six years to develop somebody into that, or maybe not six, but you get three of that player being affordable. Kirk Cousins or four years that that player being affordable. Then there's value. Then you, yes, there's value in that. But it's also possible that player is not that good. So I think if they're going to take one, it's going to be somebody with a an awfully high threshold, and you'd have to have some level of confidence that you can get that person to do it. That doesn't mean that Kirk is back if they don't think they can get that person. Maybe you go do the stopgap guy for a year, but um, – I think it it kind of I mean their their evaluation of him I think is about where most people's are um, that you know kind of eight ten twelve range but it's a question of do you think you can do better than that next year uh, to kind of factor into the cousins piece of that decision I think Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan the passion. The hope, the anticipation, that incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino, let your story begin. And the hard part about it is they have to kind of decide on them before the draft yes, they happens. Do. Like a lot of these other leagues like you think about the nba the draft happens before free agency not after free agency like you have a chance to see if you can what you can do in the draft work draft night trades and then free agency happens and then the league year happens the nfl much different league year starts then like six weeks later it's the draft i'm sure teams would not mind flipping that i would think the union would never allow that that's a good point because yeah then there'd be more people saying well we we know what we have we don't need to pay this veteran player so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that we'll ever see that change, but I would expect that the union would uh, 
protest that pretty loudly. A relevant question from our buddy Nick. He says, can we all agree that what's going to happen is the Vikings will lose to the Chiefs, beat the Bears, then get pummeled by the 49ers, somehow get to 7-7, seven and seven and finish 8-9? and nine. Hashtag 15th pick in the draft. <laughs> I, I was thinking through this a little bit yesterday, and I did kind of go through game by game. I, I think 9-8 and eight is – it's very possible they end up there because – it was, in my mind, it was losing to the Chiefs 49ers, splitting with the Lions, splitting with the Packers. So that's four more losses, which puts you at seven. Seven, yeah. And then you probably lose to, you know, maybe it's the Bengals or something. Yeah, although the, the Bengals have looked Bengals like a mess. Bengals aren't as good as we thought they were going <laughs> right. to be. So that's uh, right. sometimes these games come out and you're like, oh, that's a tough one. That's like, Maybe not as tough. But you figure you lose one somewhere. You sure. beat the Bears twice. You beat the Packers and Lions once. You should have a chance to beat Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, um, Raiders in yeah. that stretch in the middle. So if you win those five, beat the Bears this month, beat the Packers once, beat the Lions once. Um, that's a lot of that's ifs. Eight, this is a, that's nine and eight. They can lose to anybody, too. They could. Then the way it sets up. It, because all these soft teams we're talking about are right up until that end where the last three games are Lions, Packers, Lions. Yes. It sets up to the point where that final three-game stretch could be pretty defining of what direction they go. You know what it sets them up to be? It sets them up to be in the hunt. <laughs> in the hunt and then hashtag. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is I always 15th pick in the joke draft. about them being like third to third from the bottom and the Sunday Night Football in the hunt graphic in Week 16. <laughs> we love the in the hunt. We didn't have to deal with the in the hunt graphic last year. That was like the first time in like 12 years that they weren't in the in the hunt the graphic. The coach who loved hunting more than any Vikings coach since Bud Grant lived in the in the hunt graphic. He really did. Kirk Cousins' official burner wants to know, are the turnovers ever going to stop, or should I start betting over half an INT every single game? Is that a thing? I mean, I suppose. Least, everything I'm sure, a prop, everything, right? everything's a thing. I, you know, I think, <laughs> I, you know, it's weird. because Everything's were, a thing. Of all the weeks for that to be the mantra, <laughs> this certainly is the one, Everything's isn't it? a thing. It is. It is. I, you know, it's weird because they were not particularly turnover prone last year although cousins had what 13 or 14 interceptions yep. last year but they didn't fumble that much last year they lost eight fumbles it wasn't the one thing that you could go back at the beginning of the year and say is that their their mirage of a record last year wasn't because of some sort of massive turnover disparity i think they were like plus two last year they were actually better i think in 2021 than they were in, in turnover differential than they were last year but you know this is what bad teams or mediocre teams sometimes do they're number two right now though in turnover rate like 23 percent of their possessions yeah. are ending in turnovers they're third 23%. in yards they're third in yards per play so like if they can ever figure out turnovers they might be okay but they also do seem like an offense that's pretty good between the 20s and maybe not as good inside the 20 well i mean you have a quarterback that has had stretches where he fumbles a fair amount whether yes. it's strip sacks or I mean, we've seen bad exchanges. sometimes by his own guy sometimes getting it swatted out of his hand by his own guy yes but if you're going to have a quarterback that is under duress as much as he has been and and may continue to be although it's been a little bit better there you have that and then he's not been a terribly interception prone quarterback over the course of his career but as they have nudged him to be more aggressive I do think 
we saw those numbers go up a little bit last year. Um, a couple of them this year, he's had four. A couple of them have not been his fault. Um, I don't know that I would say the second one was necessarily his fault on Sunday when his arm gets hit. Yeah, yeah. No, first one very much was. Oh yeah, first one was a terrible decision. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I think if some of those things even out, um, the, the the interception numbers could go down a little bit. But if he's under pressure, he's prone to some of these things anyway. It's it's going to be not perfect. It's an, it's not going to be. Aaron Rodgers in his prime in Green Bay where he's throwing an interception once every 274 attempts or something. Yeah, I think they still lead the league in fumbles, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's I think take a while to get out of that. That's the thing that you would hope balances out that some of these bounce out of bounds, you know, behind a pylon instead of over a pylon, whatever. Um, in Jefferson's case, that's the, the turnover thing that I think could change with Kirk. We see this, right? We've seen the bad Kirk games, the good Kirk games, Mike and I were talking earlier that I thought it was ironic that Kirk played, I thought, his worst game of the year on Sunday, and they win. In At the beginning of Kirktober. Uh, yeah, that's it's, true. It was Kirktober first, and he was not very good. There's five games in Kirktober this year. Um, he doesn't. They don't usually win the bad Kirk games. That was the first bad Kirk game I can remember them that's winning. That's true. That's a good point. Now, it's, a, it's, good. it's Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, but, was, yes, they did win a bad Kirk game. Happy Kirktober. Uh, v- celebrate. VG wants to know, as Justin Jefferson continues MVP-level performances, didn't Kwesi only hurt the team by not meeting whatever money demands J.J. had uh, earlier in the season? Well, as we've talked about, as everybody's talked about ad nauseum, it only gets more expensive the longer you wait. And Justin has done little to uh, make you question what he's asking for <laughs> so far this season in terms of his yardage, production, everything. Yeah, I mean – I think the question, I get the premise of it, but the fact that we have to phrase it as whatever Justin was asking for means we probably can't answer it completely because without being able to sit there and say, this was the Vikings' final offer, this was Justin Jefferson Camp's final offer, which we will never get. Um, I, I understand the premise of the question. In, in, in general, yes, it is going to get more expensive because the cap's going to continue to go up. He gets more leverage the closer he gets to free agency, though, as they have hinted a little bit, um, they could use a franchise tag after next season, after 2024, if they wanted to. That gets a little bit sticky. It gets personal. Yeah, people don't like it. Um, You could do it. So there's that. But yes, I do think it gets more expensive. I think once Jamar Chase gets in the market, it makes it more expensive as well. the question of whether they hurt themselves by not doing it, I think to say that unequivocally, you'd have to see exactly what the the proposals were, and it's a little hard to know exactly what that was. And, and what I think is in, implied but also unknown in all this is how worried is Jefferson's camp at this point about who's going to be throwing in the ball in 24? Like how much of is that – an issue is that a factor or does he not care as long as he gets paid like is is there something within that where it's like hold up we want to kind of see where this is all going before we commit long term to this yeah i mean i and that that question's been raised and i i think i mean i know that there have been people with the vikings that have said hey isn't this something we need to get figured out before we go paying all of the skill position players but i guess my suspicion is that if that was a huge 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 issue for Jefferson, 
don't you think his camp would have leaked that to one of their yeah. preferred media outlets to put some pressure and, on the Vikings? And maybe there would have been a hold in or something like that. He yeah. he wouldn't have been the good the good guy yeah. all throughout this. Yeah, I think that's possible. Well, something that is getting more expensive probably with every 100-yard game that he keeps having every single week. Um, he fell, I think, it was like 40 or 50 yards shy of the record, but he's got the third most yardage uh, totals for the th- through the first four games of any season uh, for a player, um, aside from all the other records that he's set and will continue to. Uh, quick, let's get to this question before we go. Jeff wants to know, do we still see a high percentage of blitzing from Brian Flores? Can Brian Flores help himself against Patrick Mahomes, who does not get blitzed very often? No, it's like 14% for the year league-wide, I think. Mm-hmm. So... Um, He's he's a challenge to blitz. I I'll be interesting to see how they play it because I do think Marcus Davenport makes a difference. I, Marcus Davenport was more disruptive on Sunday than I was expecting yes, him to be. Me too. I, I thought he made a big difference. So I mean, are you rushing with four all the time? Probably not, but it does give them a little bit more of a foundation for the pass rush. I think. And Kansas City's offensive line isn't. Great. No. I mean, you can get pressure on Mahomes. It's a question of can you contain him, and if he gets out of the pocket, you're in trouble. Yeah, the chances um, are, the chances are there to sack him. We saw, because they switched out their tackles this offseason, Jawan Taylor was the guy that everyone was talking about in week one of, like, he's he's starting every play yesterday because he's false starting so much. Oh, and no, yes. And no right one's exactly. calling it. Uh, we saw the Lions harass him. We saw the Jets harass him. But he's so hard to bring down. I saw some stat that Mahomes converts pressure into sacks at the lowest rate in the NFL. And that's the thing is that you can get there. Uh, the Finishing plays is part of the Vikings' problem, right? Yeah. Daniel Hunter is like one of the only ones that can really finish a play. And Davenport should have had two sacks in that game. He only had one because he didn't finish. And Wanham came through and got the other one. Classic Wanham sack. Classic Wanham sack. That's, that's yeah, and, the, and the Davenport thing, I mean, that was one of the talking points about him coming in, too. He had happened half a sack last year because a lot of it he couldn't finish so it's gonna be really fascinating to see how flores approaches mahomes and a team that really seems to still only have one target in travis kelsey is uh is mahomes ankle okay i watched a show this summer that may have talked a little bit about him having a high ankle sprain <laughs> i'm sure it's okay now i would think so i would but... think it seemed like it was hurting at one point from that show i watched